0: Hey everyone, welcome to Speculative Work. I'm James Aaron and this is my science fiction author's diary where I share what I've learned in the last week, successes I've had and mistakes I've made so that maybe you don't make them too. And if you don't make them, that will be a success for me. So, win there. you have to forgive me because my darling daughter gave me a cold. I'm a little froggy, but I am going to push through because apparently Google says podcasting is the new blogging and it's important that I do this on a weekly basis. <laughs> um, I want to do this on a weekly basis. I apologize for uh, my voice, but I'm going to push through. So anyway, probably a, a podcast for the future is why you should start podcasting, why everybody should start podcasting. It's a lot of fun and it's also a, uh, it is the new blogging. I actually do agree with that. So I can pontificate on that in the future. <laughs> Until then, let's talk about some updates. Since last time, I had the writer's dinner in Portland for Aeon 14, and I'll talk about that uh, during most of this episode. I think I mentioned last week that we had decided to push The Spreading Fire, which is my next novel in the in AN 14, and that's been a good thing. So actually this last week, I didn't get a lot of writing done. I mostly did plotting and spent more time thinking about the book and how I could broaden the story a bit. There's a major plot point that I had decided to push to the next book. And I'm still going to do that, but there are a lot of, I think, uh, aspects that I could broaden in the story. I keep saying broaden, but I I really want to deepen some of the the character building that's happening. And then also insert some more action. I think that the beginning of the book currently is kind of slow, so I want to look at that. Again, and just like Eva Destruction, I want to basically answer the question, you know, is this kick ass in every chapter? (laughs) And I think if I can do that, then I will replicate all the good reviews that I got in Eva Destruction because that has definitely been my best reviewed book so far. It's interesting because I keep getting reviews for Lissa's Dream, my first book. And, you know, for a first book, it actually is not bad. It's at like 4.3 on Goodreads. It's got flashbacks. A lot of people don't like the flashbacks. In fact, the last review just said like, I like the story. I like the characters. I don't like that I keep getting thrown out of the plot by these flashbacks. I thought the the flashbacks added like character depth, but I had things to learn about genre writing apparently. But anyway, four point three, you know, on Goodreads is actually not terrible when you compare it to to other first books that are out there. So I don't feel bad about that. But it is really interesting to compare, you know, where I was and where I am now, and kind of things that I've learned since then. So I do need to jump back into writing seriously next week and we'll see how that goes. I'm starting a new job on Tuesday. Tomorrow is a holiday and we're going to spend time with friends and also doing a bunch of stuff around the house. So I don't know how well that's actually going to work out. And that's one reason I really wanted to jump in and record the podcast tonight. And also, you know, there's no telling how much worse my voice is going to get between now and tomorrow. So we'll see. You can never really tell with these things. So that was most of last week. It feels like it went by in a blur, but we actually—I mean, I actually spent most of the week in Portland. So we were there um, Monday through Wednesday, came back, cleaned out my office, and then I'm moving over to a new office on Tuesday. And that was kind of a bittersweet feeling. I've been there for nine years, and a lot has happened in that time. It's a little weird because I'm moving to a different. Department in the same university, so it's not like I'm leaving. So people, you know, were congratulating me on the new job, but it wasn't like, "Hey, good luck!" You know, we won't see you anymore. It was kind of like, "Oh, you know, go do your thing." (laughs) You're leaving us. I kind of talked about this in the last uh, episode, I think, about why I chose this new job, but it, it is going to be a turning point in my career, and I'm excited. I'm a little. I'm not going to say I'm nervous or anxious about it, but it does. It's it's changed, and I think because it was, it's a job that's within the same university. It hasn't quite sunk in how much of a change it is going to be. And that I am actually leaving a job where I was very comfortable and felt very confident in, I was in a field that I definitely uh, am a professional authority in that. And I'm moving to a field that I'm not as much of, but it's an opportunity to grow and and do new things. So yeah, that all starts Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. But when we talk about, can you write when your head is in a weird place? It's kind of where my head is right now. And the, the thing is, I can't allow myself to be that way. I have, I got to sit down, continue to do the work. And also the difference between having a external deadline, like the pre-order date and an internal deadline where all of a sudden now it's kind of like, well, when you get the book done, you get it done. I mean, obviously we need to get it done soon because we made a promise to the readers. The readers are pretty forgiving about it, but there's another series within Aeon 14 where the first book was written and then it's taken a good year to get the next book done. And and pretty consistently, people ask, like, hey, where is this next book? <laughs> and so I don't want to fall into that, you know, trap. And I'll talk about that a, a bit here. But it still means I need to find some internal motivation to keep knocking the words out. And that's something I want to learn how to do with this new job is how I can consistently do, you know, even a small amount of work, like a 1,000 words a day or, you know, 2,000 words a day, depending on what that looks like. But having an office to myself and having time to myself... May make that more doable. We'll see. I don't want to make any promises about anything because there's no telling how this is this is going to go. You never know with a with a new job how much downtime you might have, and it's definitely mental work. So I don't know how much I might be um, you know worn out by the job. So that was most of this week. It felt it felt like it went by in a flash. We spent you know went up to Portland on Monday. Spent Wednesday and or I'm sorry Tuesday and Wednesday with Mal and Jen McDonald, who's an editor for an 14. And then came back home and boom, weeks over because we're in uh, the holiday weekend and I cleaned out my garage. So I scored some big points on the home front, but uh, that also meant that work didn't get done. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about writer's dinner. Something that, you know, we talk about audience building and how to get, you know, as you write more books and as you flesh out your world and you create something that people buy into, you've got the opportunity to do events. And I think having fan dinners is a really cool way to, to build connections with folks. And I think the first it might've been the first day 14 fan dinner we did in Las Vegas uh, last year. And there was only one fan <laughs> and, and that was fine. He had a great time. He took pictures. Um, he got to talk to all of us. He was a cool guy. I mean, he even came and hung out with us in the hotel room. And I think that was just a huge event for him like it really meant a lot to him and then of course you know we could share those pictures in the Facebook group and it it just makes things more real you know i think people have an idea of what a fan experience is in their mind you know with maybe at cons where you you stand in line and wait to see a writer or you know an actor that you admire being able to you know have dinner with a writer that you that you admire their work and want to talk to them and can talk to everybody just in a really relaxed atmosphere that's something really special. And it's not something that I think a lot of readers, if they want to be involved with writers get to experience. And so this, this dinner, which is actually not the, I want to say Mal did something in Florida for the readers weekend. So there've been a couple other events. This is the second one that I've been at. And we had, we had 12 people there, which still considering Portland is not a huge city, you know, Mal doesn't live on the West coast it was pretty cool. I mean, there were people that, that drove like three and four hours to be there and just hang out at a pizza place and talk about AN 14. And that was, that was really cool. I actually wish we could have taken more pictures than we did, but we got some pictures, posted them in the fan group and, and people, even if they couldn't be there, they still, I think could kind of experience that vicariously. And there were good conversations on the pictures in the group. And then just, at the dinner, um, it was, it was a fun event. It was just chill. And it's a little bit awkward because you never quite know how someone is going to be when you start talking to them, but everybody was chill. And, and the thing that was a little interesting for me, that is sort of what I'm going to transition into here is that, you know, so I'm a co-writer. Aeon 14 is not my world. Um, it's a little different where, you know, maybe if we were all writing Star Wars novels and, you know, if George Lucas was there, obviously George Lucas is going to be the center of attention. But if George Lucas was not there, everybody would kind of be on equal footing. Well, Mal is there. And so everybody wants to talk, to, obviously, to Mal about Anne 14 which totally makes sense. So I wasn't quite certain how things were going to turn out for me. Like, would people want to talk to me? Would they, you know, what what what's that going to look like? And while Mal was definitely the focus of attention, I was very surprised when, well, like not totally surprised, but it kind of fed my ego a little bit. I go over to the bar to get a drink and like two, two people came over to talk specifically to me and about the book, about my books. And that was that was really cool. The thing that I did realize, though, is that in social settings, I, I almost wish that I had like note cards where I'd written down the titles of all the books and character names because my mind just goes blank and especially when I'm a little bit stressed and a little bit tired and I've had a drink, like I blanked on Eve of Destruction. I was trying to think of the, the name of the first book in the series I'm writing. It was just like out of my mind. And then we were going to talk, you know, they were asking me some questions about AI development and this is stuff that I really enjoy. I study AI quite a bit and my mind was just going blank and, and that felt, like I didn't like that at all, obviously, but there was, there was one point where I just had to say, like, it's, it's difficult to articulate in conversation. Honestly, like this is the kind of thing where I write it down. I look at it. I go back over it. I think about it. Uh, even with Aeon 14, I make sure that it's in line with what Mal Mal's ideas are about AI, because, uh, she definitely has ideas about what AI can be and won't be. But it just that that was like an awkward moment, but we we got past it. It was fine. Uh, you know, a big thing about any social setting that I've I've learned as I've gotten older, and I used to really be stuck inside my own head a lot. And I've just learned that no one is thinking about you as much as you are, right? So even if I say something stupid, like nobody's going to remember, nobody's videotaping or taking notes on it, and and it was fine. It was actually a really uh, it was really nice. So I would definitely recommend that if you. If you have a series, if you have the opportunity to do some kind of fan event, even if only one fan is there, do the event and treat that fan like gold. I would definitely try and take pictures to record it. And you'll find that the more you talk with folks about the series and the things that you've created, the more real and easy it becomes because you did create something that that they took great enjoyment in. And so people love to talk about that. You know, it builds identity. It makes it real. Uh, it's just been really interesting to watch, like even the Facebook group as it grows over time and then different kind of norms and a culture starts to develop. Um, it's really gratifying. And so to transition there, like one of the things that I was really thinking about all this weekend is like, am I not building this for my own brand fast enough? You know, I, I've been writing with Mal for three years now. And I look at other people I've met that in three years have basically built, these publishing empires and have, you know, huge series. And at one point, you know, Mal just casually threw out that an acquaintance we both know is potentially making like $80,000 a month, a month. Like I really had to kind of stop and do the math on that. Um, but I've known people that certainly were making that kind of money and it sort of stopped me for a second. Like it made me feel like I've made some of the wrong decisions, but then I also had to step back and think like, is that what I want? Uh, I've I've talked about this before on this podcast where I'm at a place in my life where it's very difficult for me to kind of jump out of the one life I have, which is a career that I do enjoy and is very stable and has really great benefits. And I have a family to jump into something where there would be no guarantees necessarily. But and that's the thing, like we talk about that kind of money. I think it's an it's an outlier. And I know plenty of people that aren't doing that. And then also that's not necessarily the kind of work that I want to write. And here's the problem, because the longer I spend, you know, studying the indie market, studying like the whole, all the things that have happened as far as like, what is successful on Amazon and what is not. And even looking at books that I know are selling like hotcakes and reading their reviews. Is that the kind of work that I want to devote my time to? I don't know. Cause I, I honestly think that there's no reason as a writer, you couldn't under one pen, ni- pen name, write that write work that will be commercially successful and then devote time to, other work that might be, you know, the book of your heart or whatever. But for me, that just takes more time. I don't, I have a job, you know, I have a family and I've chosen to do those things and I shouldn't be uh, feeling some kind of loss because I, I didn't hit it, you know, strike, strike it rich with a gold rush that's happening right now in indie publishing. And I would much rather think that where I'm at and what I'm doing, I'm kind of paying attention to the market, I'm studying it, I'm focusing on the things it takes to have a long-term career, to be respected by people that I respect, to have readers who like my work and and be able to write work that I'm proud of. And it's not to say that that someone who wrote a book that maybe isn't isn't my favorite, they're they're not proud of that. I'm sure that they are. But I I've got my own ideas about what I would like to be saying in in a book and I want to be able to continue being true to that. (laughs) I mean, I don't know, it's important to be commercially, you know, viable. And I've, I've definitely learned a lot about what it takes to write a satisfying adventure focused sci-fi story. That is something I've absolutely learned in the last three years. And so I could see that, you know, I think I'm at a point now where I could step to the side and write my own series. And I think I could do all the things that I know it would take for that to be successful. You know, there would be, investment in editing and, and covers and advertising and marketing? And do I want to do that? You know, am I ready to spend, you know, two to $3,000 per book? And if we're looking at like a five book series, you know, that's, that could be significant. Or do I want to continue working with, uh, you know, these publishing houses that are popping up and there are opportunities to do things like that for 50, 50, you know, 50% royalty, 30% royalty. There are a lot of different deals out there. Those are the kind of things to be figured out. I don't know. And so a lot of folks I know right now are having to decide like, am I a writer or am I an entrepreneur? You know, am I a writer or am I a publisher? And for some folks, like it's, it's fine to say you're a writer. And I think that's actually a, a a good long-term viable strategy to be a writer. Because like I've said before, as a writer, your skill is storytelling and the fact that you can always tell more stories, right? And you can always sell those stories to other markets. <laughs> and so if, if you have a relationship, if you've built up great relationships and people trust you and, and love your work, you're going to have those opportunities. And, and that's where I want to be is to have those opportunities. I don't know. I do like to the idea of, of putting my foot in of publishing my own, my own stuff, but we'll see. I I have some some ideas on a couple different series I would like to write that are fairly complex and would take a lot of uh brain power to figure out and that means I wouldn't have a lot of time to do the other stuff. So I spent a couple of days where I was really I was really a little like oh boy, have I I've just done the wrong things. I guess I'm I'm not I'm not hitting these success marks that I guess other people are. And then I had to step back and just realize that in the last 3 years i'm i'm extremely satisfied with everything that's happened and, and i'm so fortunate uh, to have had the opportunities that i've that have come my way a lot of people that wouldn't have have happened for them and so i need to remember that and not focus on what i don't have as opposed to what i have right <laughs> something i've said before focus on what you have not what you don't have so that was that was kind of a little emotional roller coaster ride this week I'm back to just, you know, focus on the book in front of you. And then, but I, I have decided I do, I do want to write something that would be mine. Uh, if I would, if Mal would publish it, if there's other opportunities to publish that might be out there with different groups to kind of, um, you know, broaden my sort of relationships or networking, then I might do that. But I think it is important to maybe write something outside and, and 14, but I realized that I need to, this is something that I, I, kind of learned about writing the Nova blue book is I'm not going to, I'm not going to write other things until I've finished at least this current series. And so that means, um, you know, book one is done. I'm three quarters of the way through book two. It's going to be at least a four book series. That means I owe Mal two more books before I would even think about writing a book in another series so I can make sure I get that done because I don't want to be in a place where I'm burning bridges, uh, to maybe step off and do something that who knows what could happen with that. (laughs) But, but I, I did make a promise to write this series and I'm going to do that. and I, I need to do it in a timely fashion. So talking about that external motivation, I guess there it is. <laughs> so not to mention the folks that want to read the books. So so that's kind of where my mind has been this past week. Like what is my long-term plan? What is it that I want to do? And I guess something I hadn't mentioned is that I had been thinking for a long time that, okay, the baby is 16 months old now when she goes to kindergarten or first grade, you know, that's five years from now. At that point, if my wife goes back to work, then it becomes very viable for me to potentially move into a part-time job. Or, you know, if she's working and I'm pulling in even half of what I make now that pays our bills. But what I was thinking, it's like, well, yeah, I'd been thinking four years from now, four years. Well, four years is like 50 years in indie time, right? (laughs) Am I missing, am I missing opportunities by not jumping on things now? And I think I just need to like, yes, have my own series, my own thing I, I do in my name, but there's no reason I can't continue to co-write. And it's a, it's an amazing opportunity to do, to do that. And, and there could be opportunities to co-write in other universes as well with other folks. And so the plan I've always had is a good one. Keep doing it. And you know, four years from now, I think we'll, I'll be in a good place. So yeah. Comparisonitis it's, um, it's crappy, <laughs> but again, focus on what you have, not what you don't have. I, I am fortunate that I have a good career, even if I was not writing. That is fulfilling work, and I know because I've spent time. You know, we're spending sixty hours a week selling junk made in China to people that don't need it. That's not work that is you know good for you. <laughs> I, at least, I at least feel good about the stuff I do, even if it might be a little bit irritating on a day-to-day basis. Because I don't want to dwell too much on you know, is, is money my only goal? And it's not, my goal is to write work that I'm proud of. And it would certainly be nice to be financially secure. And that's one thing that I've learned about myself is being financially secure is very important to me. And so having that my other job, you know, having multiple streams of income, which is my day job and, and my writing and actually other things that I do makes me feel more secure. And I'm not actually in a place with my savings yet, where I would feel secure, leaving my day job. But I want to get there eventually. But even then, like that would be an interesting place when you have all of your needs met financially and now you can make, you know, choices about what you want to write, are you going to let those financial considerations drive your work? And I think somebody who is an artist would absolutely say no, but a realist would maybe try and combine those two things. And fortunately for me, the stuff that I like to write is typically financially viable, at least a little bit. It's not as financially viable as like, you know, bear shifter erotica, but it does okay. But those are interesting questions to to kind of explore, you know, that is something that has definitely been on my mind. Yeah, that was this last week. <laughs> and I'd be curious to hear what other folks might, what they might be struggling with, with stuff like this, if... Comparisonitis is getting you down. I mean, I know it does, but if you have thoughts about it, I'd love to hear it. So shoot me an email, James at James Aaron.net, or just how you might be getting through it. If you are, you've made certain decisions and now you're going to follow through on them. How are you, how are you staying the course? So another thing that's been on my mind is I was reading a Facebook group where someone had asked, what is the genre with the least emotional attachment? And a bunch of people said science fiction. <laughs> And that made me so mad, especially when I'd been feeling so emotional about my own writing. But then somebody jumped in and answered, well, it's, it's not science fiction. It's probably just bad writing because good science fiction also connects with people's emotions. <laughs> and it's funny because I've actually like really struggled with this. And I think I've said before that I've learned a ton from romance writers because I've been in critique groups with romance writers and one in particular, she would always not care about the ideas in the story or the plot necessarily. She wanted to know about how the people were relating to each other and how they felt about each other. And so I learned a ton about that. You know, if you're ever going to put two people in a space, my mind was always that, you know, if two people are in a cockpit and the ship is crashing in my mind, they're focused on the controls And in her mind, they were focused on each other, or how to work together to solve the problem, which was an interesting way of looking at things. I didn't always do so. Maybe those people are right, and I got to struggle to make sure I'm inserting emotion into my science fiction stories. But I digress. Okay, so goals for next time: I said I was going to finish reading the slush pile that I have uh, for the publisher I've been working with, and. I did not. So I should maybe have time to do that tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, but that's something I want to get done because I don't like it sitting in my little virtual desktop telling me I should do it. And what's been tough about it is that actually this, this series of manuscripts that I'm down to, there's like six of them. And I actually think that just on the surface, like their no's. I wouldn't recommend them. But I have to read through and write out what my thoughts are about that. And that takes time. I just needed to get that done. (laughs) So I'm going to get that done as soon as I can. I'm going to keep working on the current manuscript and hopefully report back that I've managed to establish some consistency with finding writing time during the day, either in the mornings before I go to work or at work or after work. We'll see, but I'll, I'll keep you posted on how that, uh, how that works out. And then I'll also be able to talk about my first week at the new job. So exciting stuff. I've been doing a lot of reading. I don't haven't finished anything so far. I've been reading Unskippable by Jim Kukrell. And I'm three quarters of the way through that book. And I would talk about it, but I feel like I need to finish the book and then have some time to think because he's building on a lot of ideas in that book. And I, I feel like if I start talking about it now, I might actually miss something that is in, in kind of an integral to the thrust of the of the the book. So I don't want to do that yet. But I have a lot of ideas about Unskippable a lot of ideas actually cause it ties into a lot of things I've seen as far as tribalism in social media and why you should or shouldn't do that if you want to have a viable brand. So I have thoughts. Uh, I will keep, <laughs> I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, other things. So we started ris- listening to the latest magic 2.0 book, which I'll talk more about and that. I stopped. I very rarely will not finish a book. I didn't finish that book. Um, and then I've been listening to Renegade Star by J.N. Cheney or Jeff Cheney. And I'll talk about that too because I think that book does some interesting things that reading through the Good Review, Goodreads reviews obviously pissed some people off. But then obviously satisfied a whole lot of people because that book is just burning up the charts. So I think we'll I'll have more to, to say about that. I also will talk in another episode about how I kind of analyze a book for if it's something I'd like to emulate or if I'm looking at some, you know, a book that I know is doing very well as I'm thinking through what my own series might look like, you know, what my considerations are and the research I'm doing. So, and that's based on actually research that I used to do in my group, the Wordos, where we would choose a market and then analyze it, not on the stories themselves, but why the story sold, because it doesn't matter what the story is. I mean, obviously if you enjoy the story, that's great. But there are plenty of stories that we did not enjoy, but the fact is they sold. And so we would spend time thinking about that and figuring out, you know, potentially what, what that editor was looking for, you know, in the indie market, it would be what those readers are looking for. So I'll spend some more time talking about that in the future, especially once I finish Jeff's book and probably finish the second book as well, but I'll dig into that so more. So, Okay. Until then, thank you for listening. I appreciate you soldiering through with me with my froggy voice. Next time, I uh, I hope to be sounding better. So <laughs> until then, have a great week and I wish you happy writing. I will talk to you later. Bye.